0: Chapter 13, in which we meet the mysterious Manka. Unremarkable. That was how I described Manka. Now she stood, hoodless before me. She was a goblin, a plain and simple goblin, and I could not fathom for the life of me why she was spoken of in such hushed tones throughout Harfen. In fact, as I looked at Manka, stood there, illuminated by the flickering flames of the dwindling fire, I thought she even looked weak. There was nothing of the danger that I'd imagined when I had heard her name whispered on every pier of Harfen. Hello, Sharon, she spoke again with the same haunting melody in her voice. Her knees were bent, her shoulders hunched so as to almost cover her ears. Manka, mother said her name slowly, as though she couldn't believe she was seeing her. Stiffly, she forced her words out. Why are you here? I heard there was a goblin. A goblin and her child seeking passage to Navazan. I had to come and see. Mother turned to look at Handown. This dwarf, she spat, told you no doubt. Typical dwarf. Never trust a dwarf. Mother sounded close to hysteria. Handown raised his eyebrows behind his blackened goggles, but didn't seem overly hurt by her mother's words. Manka, on the other hand, winced nervously, although her voice still held the same melodic quality that suggested neither happiness nor anger. Neither bravery nor fear, simply the sound of a present existence. Handown told me nothing. Handown repeated, my mother, shrieking hysterically, Handown, friends are you? I should have known it. Friends with a, Handown told me nothing. I saw you arrive last night. Manka paused and seemed to shrink a little into herself before she spoke again. I followed you since you escaped the cave. You what? Mother seemed to grow, empowered by a righteous fury that I found simultaneously reassuring and terrifying. You have been following us since we left the caves? I thought back to the strange feeling I had that we were being watched as we walked along the banks of the lake. We had indeed been being watched. We had been being watched by the mysterious Manka. The mysterious Manka, who now stood so timidly in front of my mother, saying nothing but nodding slowly. Mother's mouth slowly opened and closed, opened again and shut again. It was as though she were too confused, or perhaps too angry to speak. you followed us, she said again, since we left the caves. Manka nodded again. Why? Still Manka said nothing, but she reached into her pocket and pulled out a small golden chain. Mother's mouth fell open. It was the very same chain that Havru had stolen from her. Where did you get that? "'Mother whispered. "'I've never let it go,' came Manka's reply, "'and finally her voice almost seemed to crack. "'Where is yours?' "'Mother said nothing. "'I looked at Handel and was relieved to see "'that he, at least, was confused as me by this exchange, "'and together we waited, "'while Manka and my mother stood staring at one another "'with expressions of rage, resentment and anguish "'painted upon their faces. "'Eventually Manka broke the pained silence.' Sherem, I am the only sailor skilled enough, not to mention foolish enough, to take you to Navazan. If you will not sail with me, that is your right, but know that you will not find safe passage there upon another ship. That being said, I will not remain in Hafen if you are here. I leave tomorrow. Come to my ship in the dawning hour, or don't. It means nothing to me. I will leave with or without you. With that, Manka lifted her hood up over her head, turned upon her heel, and left the inn, leaving Mother, Handown, and myself flailing in her wake. It struck me as I waited for Mother or Handown to speak that a strange majesty had returned to Manka the moment she had lifted her hood. It was, I thought to myself, as though there were two Mankas, the one whose mysterious face was shadowed and the one whose plain vulnerable face was exposed to the world. I was stirred from my ruminations by Handown beginning to speak. Merce? Yes? Don't, Mother snapped to him. Not a word, Handown raised his palms peacefully. Mother turned to me. Come, she snapped, and I followed her as she swept through the curtain up the stairs and into our room. As I lay on my bed of sawdust staring at the dark ceiling, I wondered whether or not my mother would take us to Manchester. I had no idea.